You're listening to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network, your weekly destination for Big Red Sports. This week's episode of Around the Gorge is brought to you by Big Red Fueling. Managed by sports dietitian Alyssa Harrington, Big Red Fueling is open five days a week from 2.30 to 4.45 at Bartels Hall, offering both in- and out-of-season athletes snacks to fuel their performance and recovery. On-site staff provide valuable knowledge to inform athletes of optimal snack choices based on exercise and personal goals. Follow Big Red Fueling on Instagram at Big Red Fueling for infographics about all things sports nutrition, including college-friendly recipes, post- and pre-workout suggestions, supplement safety, and much more. And welcome back to Around the Gorge, presented by the Big Red Sports Network. I'm your host, Ezra, joined by Anthony. This week, we will be talking about the wrestling team. If you're interested in listening to another team's episode, you can find all of our past episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts by following Around the Gorge. Be sure to check out our Instagram at CornellBRSN for sneak peeks of next week's episodes so you don't miss out on future content. Now let's take a brief look at the team. The team is led by head coach Mike Gray, who wrestled at Cornell from 2006 to 2011. He was a two-time NCAA All-American, a four-time first-team All-Ivy wrestler, and finished his career with a record of 117-30. and He joined the coaching staff in 2011 as a volunteer assistant and was named head coach in 2021. As a coach, he has been a part of six Ivy League and eight EIWA title teams, and has led the team to a 111 and 27 record with an impressive 44 and 1 record against Ivies. He recently won the EIWA Coach of the Year award and the Ivy League Coach of the Year award for the 2022 to 2023 season. Now, if we take a look at some of the players on the team, we of course have to talk about Yanni Diakmahalas, one of the captains of the wrestling team. He has established himself as one of the best young wrestlers in the world having won three NCAA titles and having represented Team USA twice, winning a silver medal at the 2022 World Championship. He is currently a three-time All-American, four-time EIWA champion, and a four-time Ivy League Wrestler of the Year. His current collegiate record sits at 110-2, and and with a .982 winning percentage, he has the best winning percentage all-time by a Cornell wrestler. He will enter the NCAA Championship as the number one seed in his weight class. Next up, we have Vitor Arujao, another captain and a junior on the team. He is a two-time EIWA champion in 2022 and 2023, was unanimously selected to the first team All-Ivy at 133 pounds, and has won a gold medal in the 2021 Pan American Championships and in the 2020 U.S. National Championships. He is a two-time All-American and currently has a record of 79-8, and and he will enter the NCAA Championships as a number 3 seed in his weight class. Next up, we have Julian Ramirez, a sophomore, who also picked up an EIWA Championship this season at 165 pounds. He earned his first selection to the All-Ivy First Team this season after earning an honorable mention for the 2021-22 season. He will enter the NCAA Championship as the number 4 seed in his weight class. And last but not least, we have Vince Cornelia, a freshman who is one of the, one of the rising stars on the team. He was the 17th ever Cornelian to be named Ivy League Rookie of the Year and finished the regular season with a 16-4 record, including a perfect 3-0 against Ivy League opponents. He has been ranked as high as number 9 in the country and was unanimously selected to the All-Ivy First Team, and he will enter the NCAA Championship as the number 7 seed in his weight class. Now let's take a look at the last week in action for the team. 
Last weekend, they traveled to Philadelphia to compete in the EIWA Championships, and they beat the second-place team, Lehigh, by 40 points. This marks their second consecutive EIWA team win. The 165.5 points scored by the Big Red was the seventh-highest point total by any team in the EIWA history. Yanni Diakamahalis, Vito Arujo, Vince Cornella, Julian Ramirez, Jacob Cardenas, and Chris Foca all won individual EIWA title at their respective weights, setting a Cornell record for most individual championships at an EIWA tournament. Now let's head over to our interview with Julian Ramirez and Jacob Cardenas. Welcome to our interview with Julian Ramirez and Jacob Cardenas, two members of the Cornell wrestling team. So, Jacob, how have you been recently? Uh, I've been good. Yeah. And uh, Julian, how are you doing? Chilling, man, just trying to get ready for the national tournament. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's a big thing. But um, my first question, actually, is let's go back. Julian, how did you get into wrestling? And then Jacob, answer afterwards. So I originally started with other martial arts, like judo and jiu-jitsu and everything, when I was like four or five years old. And then um, when I was eight, my mom's best friend's husband was a wrestling coach, and she like told me that I should probably start wrestling. So that's how I started, eight years old, seven or eight, seven. Um, I... I was me and my best friend. Um, we were best friend as a kid. We were watching a big. We were really big into WWE, so I would watch like Monday Night Raw and like Friday Night Live or whatever, whatever it was called. And um, asked my dad to bring me to a wrestling practice, thinking it would be WWE. And I got there, and it was nothing like it. But um, I don't know, man. I kind of just stuck with it. I was in second grade, and yeah, man, I wanted to be like John Cena, but. You know, it wasn't really quite like that, but yeah. <laughs> and what made you guys realize that this is something that you wanted to continue competing at at the college level? Well, when I had started wrestling, it was right around the same time as like the 2008 Olympics. And um, I was watching like the Olympics and I just said, like, there's no other martial art that's in the Olympics besides wrestling. So that's how I continued. And um, pretty much that's how it went. Yeah, kind of same for me. I kind of just stuck with it. Um, I played baseball and football um, growing up as a kid, but my mom didn't really like me playing football. And baseball was fun, but um, I guess I was a little better at wrestling, so I kind of just stuck with it. And, I mean, it was a good opportunity to go to, you know, college. I'm, like, the first kid in my family to go to college. And um, Cornell recruited me, which was just a, a great a great blessing and opportunity. So, yeah, man, I kind of just been going at it since second grade. I didn't really think of it twice. I kind of just, you know, continued to do it. Nice. And uh, you obviously were very successful, both you guys in high school. But uh, what adjustments did you guys need to make in order to work with a talented program that we have here? Um, A lot of the same adjustments that a, like a lot of kids have to make coming from high school wrestling to college wrestling. You know, hand fighting's big and getting off on bottom. Um, both of us were pretty good on top, so we didn't really struggle there. But uh. I'd say just having kind of like the mental strength to know that like you have to wrestle seven minutes against the best guys in the country. Cause in high school, like we were both pretty good that like six minutes was not too hard when you're wrestling somebody who is not as good as you, but everyone's good in college. So. Yeah. I think the difference between high school wrestling and college wrestling is like Julian said, it's conditioning. Like that one minute can kind of, you know, take a toll on you at the college level, especially, you know, when everybody everybody was a high recruit, you know, everyone wrestling D1 was a really good wrestler in high school. So I think conditioning is a very big part. And honestly, 
as much as conditioning help, it's also a mental thing as well. Like, you know, building mental toughness, like even in college, you're bound to get tired in a match. You know, I feel like every match we get tired, you know, but it's more so like we get tired and we're, we're, we're fatigued, but we kind of just push through it and we're, we're kind of used to that, that tiredness. So um, I would say a lot of mental strength for sure. And kind of bouncing off of that, what's the environment like on a team where you're constantly practicing and watching some of the best young wrestlers in the country compete and you have someone like Yanni that has competed on an international level? Uh, I don't really think much of it. I think it's pretty cool. But, um, I mean, I've known Yanni, like most of the guys on the team, I've known Yanni since I was a freshman in high school. So I've I've competed with him and trained with him since we were young. And me and Jacob actually went to rival schools in high school, and we both went to the top programs in the country. So being part of a top program isn't anything new for me, I feel like. so. Yeah. I think edging off what you said with Yanni, I think um, being around that and, you know, we had, had coaches uh, like Kyle Dig and like Gabe Dean having, you know, really big success. So having them just around us kind of um, rubs off on us, like the environment and, you know, they kind of lead by example and um, just being around that like success kind of, you know, forces you to like, you know, push yourself as, as hard as you could. So would you guys say that the culture is really strong because of the amount of success and you, you feel like you want to um, fill those shoes. For sure. Yeah. yeah that's definitely a big part of it. Like I said, you know, kind of rubs off on us and, um, and I wouldn't even say just the success. I feel like our culture is uh, rooted into like, you know, like a family, you know, a lot of us are really, really close. So even when we're, practicing really hard we know we have each other's backs and even in competition like we're wrestling like you know if, if we're not if i'm not wrestling and julian is up like i'm 100 percent there you know what i mean that's just for everybody on the team yeah um and also i know that um there's freestyle and there's folk style but i don't know exactly the differences between the two and i know during parts of the season um it's freestyle and part of the season it's folk style could you just elaborate on the, what the differences are so folk so folk style Freestyle and Greco is what's done in the Olympics. Greco is all upper body. And um, freestyle is kind of a mixture of what folk style would look like and what Greco would look like. Um, the rules are different, but as far like to the untrained eye, freestyle and folk style won't look all that different. Um, folk style was made by the U.S. for safety purposes, and it's what's done in the NCAAs in high school. It's done between the months of October and March, and then freestyle is done as soon as, as as soon as folk style is done until August. So like our real only breaks are kind of like September, and like even still, like if you're competing at the world competition, like you have no break. <laughs> There's literally no break. Yeah, once like like our tournaments, our tournaments next weekend, we'll get a week off and we're gonna practice again. For freestyle, we have we have um a tournament for five weeks after the NCAA tournament for freestyle. Yeah, yeah, that's a crazy level of commitment. And but kind of going back a little, you have you obviously have a coach in in Coach Gray who is a very successful wrestler in his own right. And how does having such a successful wrestler as your coach affect your game plan and practice routines? I think our coaching staff, some of the best coaches in the country, um. They're all pretty successful. Mike is an amazing coach, and he was a great wrestler, but he's arguably a much better coach. I mean, the success that he's had as a coach is unmatchable. 
And, um, you know, Yanni would credit a lot of his his accolades to Mike and as well a lot of other guys. And honestly, having Mike in your corner, and I know Jacob agrees with this because we talk about it all the time, it's just like, you know you have to perform. Like, yeah. he, start, he starts yelling at you and you're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> he tells you what to do and then you do it because he's it's just the intensity is just there. And, you know, he knows us personally. Like, it's like the way he'll coach me is so different than the way he'll coach Jacob. And it, it works. He's an amazing yeah. coach. Very technical. He's like, he's like a wizard. And uh, I want to know, how do you balance the high demands that come of being a wrestler and like a student? How do you, how do you ma uh, manage the student athlete balance? It's definitely tough. I'd say, um, you know, it's not, a lot of it's just like time management and just like having the mental capacity to just tell yourself to do the work. Cause I mean, like realistically, like during like the middle of season, it's not too bad. Cause like season's just like, whatever. I'd say like now towards postseason, like it's a lot more tough because I'm just more focused on like what I want to do for wrestling that like sometimes I put school aside. But what do you guys study, by the way? Uh, I study urban planning in the architecture school. I'm developmental sociology and but I'm just going to be a wrestling coach. And kind of going off of that, Jacob, what do you think is the skill that you needed to develop the most in order to strike that balance between being a student and being an athlete? Um, I think it's a lot, obviously a lot of commitment. You know, you can't just half-ass like your work because, you know, you go to an Ivy League school, like it's not really a, uh, the, the work's not, not a joke, you know what I mean? You got to like actually put your time into it. And I think a lot of discipline as well. Like Julian said, man, it's kind of hard, Um, you know, especially in this time of this, the year, like nationals, like I have a paper due, I think the day, I think I, I have a paper due Thursday, which is the first day of uh, nationals. So like while I'm on the plane or, you know, while I'm waiting in the airport, I'm going to be doing homework then. So anytime I have to, you know, put put time aside and, you know, be disciplined and do my work, I'll, I'll do that. And uh, speaking about commitment, I know you guys have to keep your weight um pretty level. Like, tell us, like, how do you manage that? Like, are you always thinking about it? How do you um manage like meals and all that? I don't cut a lot of weight, um, but. It's definitely still tough. Like, you know, you do have, you do think about it often. You just kind of don't want to like be ridiculous and eat whatever the hell you want. But um, I'd say when you cut a lot of weight, it makes school a lot tougher for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't cut too much weight either, but I think, um, I mean, I don't know. We've been doing it for so long. It's kind of uh, hard to, you know, give you like a, a formula on how we do it, but I think for the most part, I kind of just eat normally. Obviously, we're athletes. You know, we got to put the right stuff into our bodies. But once we get close to the competition, maybe you start eating a little less. And um, but the majority is just water weight. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll, I'll be like eight pounds over uh, the day before. But, you know, I'll make that's not really that hard because, you know, a practice could lose like five or six. And then, you know, you drink up a little bit. And then later that night, you go for a little run, lose a couple, two or three pounds and in the morning you know, you'll sweat again. So it's it's mainly all water weight. And, you know, obviously, once you get close to the competition, you kind of um, shrink your shrink your meals a little bit. And this is something that I'm curious to know, just because I'm not very knowledgeable about wrestling, but how common is it for wrestlers in college to switch their weight class? Or is that something that's pretty set in stone by the time you get here? It depends on the person. Um, yes. Me and 
Jacob both uh, have been about the same size since we were about 15. <laughs> so and we don't, we haven't really switched our weight class all that much since like junior year. But yeah, um, yeah it kind of depends on the person. I'll stay at 165 all four years, and I'm pretty sure he'll stay 197. Yeah. All four I mean, it's also just different. Like Julian, he could go up if he wanted to because the next weight class is 174. Like he needs to get up there. But for me, if I wanted to switch weight classes, I'd have to go all the way up to heavyweight because – it's either 197 or heavyweight, which is 285 pounds. So I don't really have a choice if I wanted to go up unless I wanted to, you know, get really big. But I mean, it also depends, man. Like, you know, a lot, I guess a lot of small guys, um, like Vito went 125 pounds last year, but now he's up at 133. So yeah, again, it just depends on the person. And uh, I remember last fall you had the Ukrainian like national team um, training with you guys. How was that? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, <laughs> They're pretty uh they were pretty good and you know it's fun having them around. But I don't know if we'll ever do that again. Oh, okay. At least during the school year. Yeah. Like during the summer is different, but just having them around with all the students yeah. and everything was definitely an interesting little dynamic that yeah. was going on. It was a good little feel though, because you know, a lot of foreigners, um they wrestle different than like Americans, you know. What I mean they have a different feel. So it's good to I guess dip your toes in like, you know, different areas of like style and they only know freestyle yes yeah we're the yeah. only country that does folk style well us and uh south africa are the only two countries that do south africa does folk style yeah i, I only know, know that because we're a queer vandermeer <laughs> i did not know that that's kind of dope and kind of to wrap up um julian what has been your favorite on the map moment with the team when mm, that's tough man there's definitely a few um i'll give you i'll give you two uh the one the first one that came to mind is actually this dude right here when he beat michael beard in the finals of eiwas i was going pretty nuts but um i'd say the other one is probably chris foca when he was wrestling when we were wrestling in the pendulum he was wrestling my ex-teammate which i usually try not to get involved in like my emotions when they when I have like one friend wrestling, like an old friend wrestling a new friend, but we the dual meet was really close, and Chris ended up pinning him in the last minute, and I just remember going absolutely ballistic, yeah, and that our place entire like team, our entire, yeah, it was <laughs> an insane moment. Yeah, I I guess I'll give you two. The one, the two that stick out to me was my first ever college match, or at least like like Friedman college match, our home match was against Stanford. And that was actually a match against our old head coach. And um, it was just really fun duel. It was like lights out at night, uh, sold that arena. And I, I remember I took him down like the last second to seal the match and the freaking crowd went nuts. And then I would say maybe my favorite match so far was like the UPenn match. I was up, um, I think I was up, I was up two matches after FOCA and um, I beat this kid, um, that actually beat me the year before and my match kind of like solidified the duel to win. And then we won the Ivy championships uh, after that because of my match. And I just remember that match just feeling so good just because I was having just like a, a bad week. And then that really just like lifted me up and the whole, you know, I look over and I see like Julian and all my teammates going crazy and it was just a good environment, man. Like we on the Ivy championship again. So. Yeah. I might've misread that question. If it's about me, like my personal Matt experience, it'd probably be the Stanford duel when we wrestled our old coach as well, I wrestled the returning national champion and that was 
probably my favorite on the mat moment. And uh, both you guys are competing at a nationals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think that'll, that'll conclude our interview. I just want to say good luck with that. Um, it, hopefully we'll be watching. We can find a way to watch that. Yeah. Um, It'll be on ESPN. Like oh, nice. yeah. ESPN. So. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Appreciate yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for having us. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good one. Now, if we take a look towards the end of the wrestling season from March 16th through the 18th, seven of the team's players will head down to Tulsa, Oklahoma to compete in the NCAA Wrestling Championships. And you know, Anthony, Yanni is defending his championship title at the 149 weight class, while everyone else makes a push for the title. We wish all of them the best of luck. Now let's recap other important Big Ridge sporting events from the past week. The men's hockey team played in the ECAC quarterfinals against Clarkson this past weekend. In a best of three, we won game one, two to one, and game two with a score of three to one. They advanced the semifinals where they will go against Harvard. On Saturday, the men's basketball team took on Gale in the semifinals of the Ivy League tournament, unfortunately losing by a score of 80-60. to That put an end to their run for the Ivy League title. The men's lacrosse team played number 8 Penn State, losing by a final of 10-6. to That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed and learned something about wrestling. Please share with your friends and family and follow the podcast on your platform. These two things will help us grow the podcast and publicize Cornell Athletics the most. Once again, you can follow Big Red Sports Network on Instagram at CornellBRSN or reach out to us at www.cornellbrsn.com. For Ezra and Anthony from BRSN, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Around the Gorge. Make sure to follow the podcast and our social media at CornellBRSN and we'll see you in the next one.